0: Hello and welcome to episode one hundred and seventy five of on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RP. And joining me as always is the gregarious League Freak,
1: who you can find on Twitter
0: at League Freak. How you going there, mate?
1: I'm going good. Gregarious is a good one. I like that one.
0: You like that one? Yeah, yeah, that's that's acceptable. There you go. It's, I think it comes from the, the Latin of the same word, so there you go. Yeah, I wonder
1: what its origins in Latin are though. I don't know. Gregarious, anyway. We'll work uh, it out. Well, someone else can figure that out.
0: Yeah. We've spoken <laughs> enough flattened already for today. True. All right, well, we've had, what, three games to dinner? All back on? Yes. we back up. Yeah. Um, everyone's been telling me, well, where are you, where are you now? Because, you know, bashing on Peter Vlandy's now that he's got the game back up and running. Yeah, and Andrew. my answer is, yeah. I'm, I'm still here. I never once bash him for getting the game going early. No one else in the whole world could have done it, you know. That's what I've been told. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, someone else asked me, where's Where's Greenberg now? I went, I, I don't know. No one from News Corp has been out there taking photos of him inside his own house, so it's hard for me to tell what he's been doing anymore. Sucked
1: in Greenberg with your $600,000 for going early.
0: Yeah, and your reasonably good management of the game over all these years?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um how how have you been? I've been good. I've watched uh I've watched the three games so far. Um I didn't watch most of the second half of the Roosters versus Rabido's game. I got to say that. But it's been interesting to see the reaction to the games. It's been interesting to see how they've been covered and some of the things that have been said um, by pundits, um, mm. by commentators, and by opinion piece writers. Yes, a
0: lot of people have been very quick to talk about how great the game is now,
1: how fast and how open it
0: is, and it's all because of everything Volandis did. Um, and I've been asked if I've changed my tune, and my response has been pretty open. Um, that is, I'd like to see how things are going as of the end of next week, not because Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a, an excuse to go, ah, see, I told you so it's more because I think this week, all the teams are going to be sort of playing with a more of a round two mindset Mm -hmm. where the rules hadn't changed. And I think after a week of reviewing things and seeing how they can, you know, better exploit the rule changes and stuff like that. Um, and they've all got that one week of footy out of the system i think we'll get a better idea as to how it's all going at the end of next week Mm -hmm. and if if after next week the game's looking fantastic and fast and open and all like that and the wrestle seems to be gone then you know what i have no fear whatsoever coming out and saying that i got something wrong i've done it Mm -hmm. before i'm I've I've got a decent set of balls on me. I don't I don't care if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whoop you do if you get something wrong. Who gives a fuck? So that'll be me. Um, so I haven't seen a full game yet. I've seen bits and pieces of games, um, and that's only because my work's been getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have seen, the games have been flowing reasonably quickly. Yep. Um, I will say though, I think the games we've seen so far. Have been a bit of a mismatch, and in the sense of there's always there's been one team in each game so far where you just you just knew pre-match that this team who were going to win were always going to be the winner. They were like pretty easy picks. Mm-hmm. Like, Parramatta had been brilliant the start of the year, and they absolutely dicked Brisbane last year. And when they played in the finals, when the pressure was on, yeah. So, to me, it wasn't much of a surprise that they came out and. Continued that trend. Um, the Titans, does anyone actually think the Titans are going to give anyone
1: a challenge this year? Yeah. I, I, I tell you what, like, as you say, none of the winners are surprising winners, right? Uh, no. n- none of the games have been close. Uh, the thing that I've noticed is that um, this six again thing is absolutely murderous to the teams that it's called against. Like, Mm. you basically have no shot. And there's a reason why Rugby League started off at at four tackles when they limited the tackle count and then went to six and then stopped because anything more than six tackles, and we've even seen what a seventh tackle does. The seventh tackle is ridiculous. It's too big of an advantage, and you and me have talked about that, Um, and I don't think either of us like that seven tackle rule that no. they brought in when they the no kick sense. it. Yeah, it's silly, and it's too much of an advantage. Seven tackles. So especially, when, you set... especially when you get to have the reset twenty meters in field anyway. Yeah,
0: it's basically two extra tackles.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But what we're seeing here is um, teams getting multiple sets of six back to back to back with no breaks, mm. and you, you're not stopping that. You're just not, and I don't care. How good your defense is, you've got to rely on a mistake or you know, I mean the Titans did very well today, believe it or not, defensively early on in that game. Um w- with the way that the the ruck is being policed, uh and the way that a referee can just go six again whenever they see an infringement. Um you can defend well and still get thrashed and not really be able to get back into the contest because you've been made to do too much work. And it's from, you know, what would have normally been a penalty. But at least then, if there's a penalty, uh, uh, the game would be stopped and with the penalty is taken and we restart the game again. Which, when you think back, is how the coaches wanted it to happen. They were saying, we can't have quick taps and things like that. We need the defence to be able to reset so it's an even contest. And what we have right now is not an even contest, in my opinion.
0: No, I I do agree with that. And it was something that I think it's... I don't even think they've started to exploit this rule yet. And it's already Mm. being advantageous to the stronger teams.
1: Yeah. Well, look, even in the Eels versus Broncos game, the Broncos held in for a little bit. And I'm not saying the Broncos played great, but they held in for a bit, and then they were just overwhelmed. The Mm. Eels played really good for two man, but, uh, you, you know, there was... Part of it was because of the just weight of possession, and I you know i 'm sure if you looked at the tackle counts in all of these games, the team that lost has had to make way 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 more tackles and it'd be interesting to see how that pans out over the course of say two rounds and how that pans out when you add in. You know, the other thing is, like, the referee calls six again, that's not a penalty. That's not part of the penalty count. And it really should be because yet, yet it's a penalty. It's just a penalty on the run. Yeah. Well, why don't we just have a
0: quick look at some stats here then, shall we? Yeah. Um, Broncos, Parramatta. Parramatta had 64% possession. They had 17 more sets. Mm-hmm. Um. Made 1,000 more metres. And... Where's the tackles here? They made... Parramatta... Brisbane made 401 tackles to to Parramatta's 249.
1: And when you look at those stats, and you look at the scoreline, Brisbane did pretty damn well. Yeah. Like, I know they got smashed, but they, you know, that's, them stats are are like 50-point thrashing.
0: So let's have a look here then. Cowboys-Titans, similar scoreline. Almost identical, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, Cowboys, 66% possession, which was... I mean, Paramount had 64. Mm-hmm. Um, run meters, they made about 800 meters more than the Titans. Um, And tackles... Cowboys made 241 tackles, Titans
1: 426. And, and it sounds ridiculous, but the Titans played pretty damn well early on, especially defensively. Like they repelled the Cowboys a number of times really, mm. really, really well, but it doesn't matter. Um, now, the, the Roosters Rapidos
0: one's a bit closer. Mm-hmm. So South had 51% possession. Okay. Um, they only made two runs more. The Roosters made 165 meters more,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the Roosters also made 20 26 tackles more. Okay, so that one's a little bit closer.
1: Okay, and, so and that one cancelled out. And look, it's a very small sample size, you know. Mm. Uh, I and I'm just going on what I've eyeballed. I didn't look at the stats. I didn't look at them at all. The only stat that I know is that Jason Taumalolo is still racking up meters against the Titans. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, I heard he he just clocked up another fifty as he just went and grabbed a bottle of water from the fridge. Yeah, yeah, um, they still count. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> God. It's amazing. You can get a forward He can just go, just turn on, turn up for forty minutes, and
1: just completely annihilate a his, team. His first half. From memory, and this is just from what the commentators were saying, he'd got like something like seventy meters in the first half, which for most forwards is all right. For him, is really low. And about, I think it was about fifteen minutes into the second half, he had about one hundred and forty meters, which for most forwards over a game, if they've got one hundred and forty meters, that's like that's right up there with their better performances. And he kept on going, and he kept on going, and he kept on going. Um, He's unbelievable. He's just something else. But Mm. as I said, the Titans early on, they weren't that bad. But what I I saw in, especially in those first two games, um, when you just can't overcome that um, penalty that comes out of, you know, I can understand if they say, look, the first time we see an infringement, we call six again. But the second time we call a proper penalty because it is just too much of an advantage. And the only way that I can see it being combated is, and this is going to be funny when you hear me say this, is if you have a Ford pack that is lighter and more mobile, which (laughs) you know where I'm going, man. (laughs) Timmy Sheens is out there. He's saying, I told you, which is Uh. funny because this is the football that is from the end of that era where, but you're,
0: you're absolutely right. And the thing is, I'd, I'd love I'd love it to come back purely because I know there's going to be a coach out there that's going to say, no, nah, you know what? I think if we have everyone big and heavy and slow, we can power through them all, even though they can't move sideways.
1: Andrew Matthew Elliott is out there and he has a name, all right? Yeah, you know what? There'll
0: be someone else out there who thinks to themselves – their protege of his, that they can replicate what he does. There'll be someone who does that. Yeah. There always is. I'll buck the trend. I'll get something completely different. People, and it'll work. You watch people, it'll work. Mm
1: -hmm. Just give me another club. I'm sure I can make it work there. No, no, seriously. One more try. I can do it. Well, you know, while I was watching these games, and and I'm thinking all of these things, and there's been three games. Very small sample size, so I always remember that when we're saying Mm -hmm. this. But it made me think what what you want, you know, the the way that teams were set going into this season, they were set for the rule set that we already had in place, and this is a dramatic change. is a really dramatic change. Um, it's It really is going to help the teams that have a smaller, more mobile pack. I worry the effect that it's going to have on the vast majority of larger forwards, because all of a sudden, I would prefer to have that second rower... Playing in the front row, sort of thing, rather than a proper front rower. And that's what I liked about the the rules that we had in place, say, last season, is that you had front rowers again, you had second rowers again. Your locks were a little bit in between, but we had a, a good mix of someone like a Tal Malolo, who's a tank, and then you had someone like a Cam Murray who, or a Victor Radley, who's a smaller, more mobile player. Mm. You, you know, there were places for quicker, more nimble centres, or your big centres, your your defensive sort of minded centres, even second rowers playing out in the centres, um, you had all of these different positions where you could, you had these different body types. When I'm watching this football, I just, I'm looking for second rowers slash centres. I'm looking for those sorts of players, that, and players like Cam Murray, Victor Radley, you know, those sorts of players, they're gold in this system. But I wonder how it's going to affect someone like a kick-out, you know, at those sorts of players. Kick-out's just going to become a prop. I think so, yeah. Which because, is bad
0: news because, I mean, he's at his damaging best when he gets to rope a bit wider. Either that or they make him a lock.
1: Yeah, in a Taumalolo sort of mm. position, Um. I just worry about it because this is a different type of football. They cannot drop the uh, interchange numbers. And I think what you're going to see is probably teams reassessing their strength and conditioning. Because if this is what the football is going to be, they're going to have to be lighter. So they're carrying less physical weight and their endurance is a little bit better because of that. And like, I don't think pe- people really understand what a dramatic change this is. Yeah, once again, it sort of changes the forward packs more than anything.
0: Mm. Um, if people think that this might be a good thing, and think back to two thousand five, two thousand six, and and before then, and realise that some of the best forwards you had in the game at the time, form wise, mm. and premiership winning wise, are the likes of, you know, Bryce Gibbs, John Scandalis. I am mm. not saying they're bad players, but I mean that's the type of footballer size-wise, skills-wise, that is going to be successful under this style of footy. Mm -hmm. It's... And, you know, the reason why I mention those is because in, say, the last two or three years, those guys would probably be... You know, when they're at the start of their careers, they probably would have been very close to being a second rower. Mm -hmm. Because they just... They didn't have that huge frame and size to make them, you know, outright, big, powerful props. But during that time, they were they were perfect for props because they were a bit faster, a bit more mobile. They could play a little bit wider the
1: ruck. So that, was, that was the type of prop you needed. That's why it was successful. Well, do you remember when, and it was around that time where Craig Bellamy took over as the New South Wales coach and mm. he basically picked a New South Wales pack that was all second rowers? Yeah, And he didn't win the series, but bloody hell, it was a good idea. And it was yeah. a change. And for the, I, like, I think he was a little bit unlucky in that he was trying it against. It might've been Queensland at its best, you know, in that era. um, But, you know, it's going to go back to that. And I don't know that that sort of football is what I enjoy watching. And, it is going to have an effect on the athletes that teams look at that they want. And I don't know that that's a good thing for rugby league either.
0: Well, I think having it this way means that your edge players, your edge attack, your your centers and your second rowers essentially
2: mm-hmm. are
0: going to be your key targets in attack. Yeah. Which means
1: your halves are just going to be distributors. They're not going to be creators. i tell you what, it, and it's going to – the – emphasis on having a good dummy half that can get out of dummy half quickly is massive yeah um and and they're going to become the key player really when it comes down to it uh there was a little bit of talk in the games in one of the games i watched where they said and i think it was the titans game where they were talking about um you know that, that there was somebody that said that they're not sure that you'll be able to have one 80-minute hooker. You're going to need to rotate two hookers during the game, which makes a bit of sense. And look, that should really help a team like the Titans. But, you know, it's... I don't know. I I just look at the game. Yeah, it looks fast. Yeah, it looks pretty. But I just think the balance is off. It it feels a bit like, um, you know, in cricket, just decided, fuck it, let's let the batsmen just have dominate. all the advantages, yeah, yeah. and the, and it was like, oh wow, do you see the, you know, in 300 balls, I scored 400 runs, it's like, oh, that was cool as a one-off, but I don't want to watch that every single match and so I don't watch it anymore, you know,
0: yeah. Um, I think, like,
1: there's got to be a was, good balance, otherwise say, the game did, is out I was
0: going to say, do you think it's starting to look a bit too much like Super League I wouldn't say it's quite there yet. Oh, no, obviously it's not going to get there. But, you know, yeah. the changes are moving it more
1: in that direction. I, I, look, there's there's definitely a feeling. The thing that, the overwhelming feeling for me was that if you get a team that gives away a couple of penalties and they just call six again, there's nothing that they can do no matter how hard they try and defense, they're, they're stuffed. And I just... Don't think that that's a good thing for a rugby league um and it, look, there was a reason why the we were blowing penalties. There's a reason why we blow penalties and stop the game and and say here this is this is the start of a new set of six there's and there's a reason why we've done that for a hundred plus years and i I worry that we're gonna see after you know four or five rounds we're gonna sort of look back and say, hey, there's only been like two or three of these games that were close." And uh, that worries me because we've got one of the, if not the closest competition in the entire sporting world. And I don't want to mess with that because that's the meal ticket for rugby league.
0: May I put a hypothetical to you? Mm -hmm. If Parramatta continues their form for say another two or three weeks and they are absolutely just crunching everyone. Mm -hmm. And then they come up against the Titans do you think Paramount has a chance of breaking St George's record from 1935 of most points in a game? I'm not even joking here. No, St it's George, it's... George beat the Bulldogs
1: 91 to six. That was under unlimited tackle rule. I will say no, and it's gonna. It sounds absolutely ridiculous, but the Titans were really good early on defensively, like they repelled. A lot of football from the Cowboys,
0: a and lot yeah, of it. Yeah, look at the scoreline in
1: the end. Yeah, and that, but that, and that's the problem, right? It, and that's something I didn't like. Um, you know, you can defend really good for twenty minutes, but if you've done that many tackles, because the referee is just six again, six again, and they had a couple of things go their way, Be- uh, go against them, bounce of the ball went against them a couple of times. But I just think it's something... Uh, do we want this in rugby league? Do we want to say, hey, scoring's up, game looks cool, lots of movement, keep it's flowing and stuff. Haven't watched a close game in three months. Do we want that? And I personally don't want that. Well,
0: I think for me it's also, do we want high-scoring games? Because that's what's happening and that's what will continue to happen. And as you say, if one team does... You know, If they give away three penalties, and we're not talking about a lot of penalties, they give away three, which results mm-hmm. in six again, mm-hmm. and they do a ton of defense and also concede three tries, four tries in that period, mm-hmm. they're already down by nearly 20 points. Mm-hmm. Plus, they're also completely just tanked. Mm-hmm. And that may only be a 10-minute stint they're being punished for the next 70 minutes for
1: 10 minutes of bad play is that mm. fair <clears throat> and that's a really good question and that's something that i think that these sets of rules are going to do to teams it's going to really as you say you can have a bad first 10 minutes you can have a bad first 20 minutes and under the old rules we saw teams they they would they could get to half time and you think to yourself well you know what possessions being against them they've had made more tackles but these things tend to you know even up by the end of a match and they could get back into it we saw a lot of teams get back into it last year and the years before that under this system I think it's too much of a, a physical toll and I think that we're going to see a lot more blowouts under this system.
0: Yeah I tend to agree in that regard
1: um
0: let me ask you about another rule change that everyone's completely forgotten about. Yeah. The
1: 2040 rule. Now, there was a kick, and I can't remember what game it was in, but it was I, I thought to myself, did they change the rules on that one? <laughs> and I didn't hear it mentioned once, uh, which was kind of weird. I I just think that because teams are making up so many metres, we're not going to see that. We're just not going to see it at all. Yeah. They're making too many metres. You know, but after one tackle, you should be out of that zone by then. But again, it's
0: just another rule which punishes good defence.
1: Yeah, I agree. If you nail
0: a team down, you keep them inside their own 20 metres, and they just go, you know what, everyone's come up to try and keep the pressure on defensively. If we just get a kick away and get a 10 metres past halfway, bang, we get the scrum feed and we're in their half.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Again, it's just attackers being rewarded. doesn't matter what part of the field you're on. Exactly. And look, this is the thing I liked about the old, the, and I say old, last year's rule set, because you could get a team like the Roosters who really emphasised defence and built a team that was very interchangeable. And I think the great strength that people didn't talk too much about was the fact that their forward pack had a lot of depth and they didn't rely on one or two big forwards. And when I say big forwards, I mean star forwards. Their forwards were all about the same sort of level of talent. And then they had someone like a Victor Adley, who was, uh, he, he was able to play a, a number of different positions. And that was very handy. Um, you know, I, I just think that we're not going to be able to see a team do that. You're going to, you know, the perfect team under this system is one that runs a lot out of dummy half. Uh, it has a very mobile pack. It's a very certain style of team that, you know, they're all going to have to look the same. And I don't think people could say that about last year's teams. You could have different sorts of teams, um, You know, you could have many different sorts of players. You could have big forward packs. You could have a smaller forward pack. You could, you know, this one, it's not going to be that like that at all. And that's what worries me. I think that the beauty of last year's rule set was that you could, it it allowed for different things to happen, whereas I don't think this one does. I think this one pushes everyone towards a certain sort of player, certain sort of style, certain sort of lineup. And I, I don't like that personally.
0: Yeah, as I said, I'll I'll wait and see how it's going at the end of next weekend because I reckon we'll get a better idea of how it is then. But at this moment, it does look like we're going to see blowout scores, which they're okay like one game once a week Mm -hmm. when it's a match where you kind of expect it and you just go, well, yeah, this is pretty fun to rip on one team for being garbage and stuff like that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not really good for footy. Footy's at its best when every game, every week, has a genuine contest and it's close and we've been we've been getting that mostly for the two three seasons previous but uh
1: yeah it's not it's not looking great at the moment nah and look i hope i'm wrong i hope that it's just been uh a few games that it's like i hope the rest of the round is really close and and it's, I, we can come back on on Sunday or a Sunday evening and be like, oh, yeah, man, how close were those games? That was fantastic. The footy was great. And, you know, have some games that were less than 10 points scored, and they were fantastic to watch. Uh, but that's just my first impression of what I've seen so far, anyway.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. Now, um, on another bit of news. yeah. The NRL has decided to do a simply the best rugby league side of the last 30 years, so 1990 okay. to 2020. Mm-hmm. Should we go through it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. A fullback that got Billy Slater.
1: Hard um, to argue. Mm. Uh, he's against a lot of pl- great players, but, man, you could, you could name t- probably 10 players, and I'd say, ooh, hard to argue. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I'm not
0: too opposed to that one.
1: Um, interesting choice
0: for the wingers. They've got Wendell Saylor and El Masri.
1: Well, that's just silly, in my opinion. I mean, I would have... I'd be looking at the likes of... And we're just talking about club footy, I guess, yeah? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, Blacklock, you've got to put him in there somewhere you got to look at someone like a semi-radradar, even though he wasn't around for very long. Um, I mean, they're the two that jump out to me. Are there well, any others the, you can think of? Israel Falau. Yeah, Falau would have to be in there, even though he wasn't around for long. Um,
0: Lotta Tekir is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's more that come to mind. Um, I think they're the main ones, though. For sure. Yeah. Uh, who was there? Uh, I mean, you could probably even throw Brett Mullins into the mix, I guess.
1: Yeah, he did play in the wing, didn't he? Uh, and, of course, Rod Wishart. How could you forget? And dare you. Luke <laughs> Cavell. Okay, okay, hang on. Gave a long list there of who I shouldn't have named. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for you. Uh, as a pure winger. And as, I guess, a goal kicker, too. I, I, would you rather have Rod Wishart as your overall player on the wing or Hazem El Masri? El Masri. Yeah, I think I I think I would go Wishart. I think El Masri was
0: faster and capable of scoring more tries.
1: I think that Rod Wishart was far more experienced in rep level, and he. It was only right at the end where he was just like, oh, man. When Martin Lane caught him, oh, man. That's... <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh,
0: at centre, Mel Meninga and Greg Inglis.
1: It's hard to argue, man.
0: It is. I... But it does mean that there's two players who haven't been named in that back five that I feel should be in there somewhere, and that's Andrew Eddinghausen and Steve Ranoff.
1: That's the thing for me too, hey. Like, if if ET... I mean, E.T. was basically, in the last 30 years, I feel like you got to rate him as a centre. Mm. I guess in the early 90s, he was probably playing a bit of wing, though, wasn't he? Yeah, especially at rep level. He was playing a bit of wing, a bit of fullback. See, so I would rather him over the, any of the other wingers. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably consider
0: Inglis and Eddinghausen
1: on the wings and run off at centre with Meninga. Well, well if you... If you named that, oh, man, that team's ridiculous. Mm. That team is Slater, Inglis, Inglis, Meninga, Renoff, and Ettinghausen is, you could almost take them against any era's back five ever. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, Halves at 5'8", Darren Lockyer. I'm not opposed to it. I know you're not as big a fan of Lockyer. Yeah, the guy... I'm not opposed to him
0: being there either. Um, he was a great player, there's no doubt about it. Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's been a few good five eights. I mean, Laurie Daly, Brad Fittler stand out as two who would be in that discussion for that role. When did Wally Lewis retire? 92. When did Brett Kenny retire?
1: Oh, about the same. 91. Yeah. I mean, they weren't at their. I mean, Brett Kenny was pretty good to, near the end still, but. And I know Wally Lewis wasn't at his best when he retired, but. Jeez It's fucking yeah. Wally Lewis, man. Halfback. Well, this
0: one's easy. Yeah. Um, you know, he ate the eighth immortal himself. Yep. Um, not named. It was Jonathan Thurston.
1: That's fucking ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. And this is... This is raises two
0: points for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One is for... One is for Andrew Johns and one's opposed to him. Okay. Okay. First one is... This shows... That maybe Andrew Johns was rushed to Immortal status too much mm-hmm. because if people can discard him so quickly mm-hmm. and sure it may have been you know, maybe a decade that he was there, something like that um, mm-hmm. still to be discarded and replaced so quickly mm-hmm. suggests that maybe he shouldn't have been made an Immortal so quickly It's a very good argument and if someone who'd been regarded as the best halfback the game's ever seen for 70, 80 years, can't get, can't get the gig, but some bloke who gets forgotten within a decade can. Mm-hmm. something wrong with that. That doesn't sit right with me. And on the other hand, this shows a lot of recency bias, which is another big issue that comes with doing teams as a decade, 30 years of all time sort of thing. Um,
1: because I would have Johns ahead of Thurston. Can I ask you a question? Who's the best player you've seen in your lifetime? Wally Lewis. Okay. For me, it would be Andrew Johns. Uh, I would guess for you, Andrew Johns is probably near the top. Top five, easy. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Johns, for me, is the best player I've seen in my lifetime best all round player I've seen I don't the thing I think people forget about Andrew Johns is that there were so many of the teams that he led that were very very flawed in very big ways and he he forced them to win and it wasn't just along the line and I've said the same thing about Benji Marshall where there's games where the West Tigers were fucking garbage. And Benji Marshall refused to let them lose against better opposition uh, Andrew Johns did that but he did it on the basis that they were a threat to win premierships for most of his seasons um, I know the end of his career was very injury prone and and that was unfortunate but um man uh, like he were he was someone you had to get through to win a premiership for quite a while, Brad Fittler was the same. You had to get through Brad Fittler to win a premiership for a very long time. Mm. So was Alan Langer, you know? I don't know. The other thing too is I,
0: I really do. And I think it's got more intense over the years too. I really do rate Ricky Stewart as the absolute genuine, one of the best ever halfbacks the game's ever had.
1: Yeah. Without doubt.
0: Um, and that's sort of something that, that's been, I suppose, becoming a much stronger feeling as the years go by, is to just how great he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, his kicking game was, you know, it didn't, no one could compare to his kicking game. And then you throw in the fact he had that unbelievable passing game. Yeah, long and... passes were just as accurate as his short balls.
1: It was insane to watch him throwing the ball around. Yeah, and the thing was, too, that... When Matthew, and, when Matthew and Andrew Johns basically come into first grade around the same time, the things that, and it was mostly Andrew with the halfback skills, but the passing between them, like going across the entire field with a couple of passes between your halves. Mm. And, and the thing people were saying, oh, my God, these guys are doing Ricky Stewart stuff. Like it, it, that that's a big testament to a how good Ricky Stewart was is that We weren't seeing this stuff from a lot of other halfbacks, even Alan Langer, who was once again, he's one of the greatest halfbacks of all time, Alan Langer, but there were things that Ricky Stewart used to do, especially with his long passing game. He had a better long passing game than Alan Langer. Alan Langer had a, one of the best, if not the best short passing games for a halfback I've ever seen. But the long passing game, the long kicking game, especially uh, Ricky Stewart was better than him. And, yeah, that that was a testament to Ricky Stewart's what he had done to the game. That the things that Andrew Johns started doing, as he became a better player, was all related back to Ricky Stewart.
0: Mm. Um. Ricky Stewart too, like Andrew Johns, had a stunning dummy. Yeah, because he didn't throw too many dummies, which meant the one he threw was the one you missed. Yeah. Um. Phenomenal. So yeah, that, that was an interesting one. Um the props are Glenn Lazarus and Petro Sivenasiva.
1: It's it's hard to argue. I mm. I could never leave out Shane Webke. I think Shane Webkey I, I think Shane Webke was better than Sivna in my personal opinion, but I wouldn't fight to the death about there there's so many things you can say about Sivanasiva as a prop. That and his longevity, his achievements. There's so many things you can throw in. The, te- the, the engine on him was insane for a bloke. He with his frame, ah,
0: oh, crazy. To play the minutes he did with the, um, you know, he was
1: unstoppable for most of them. Unbelievable. I think the thing for Webkey for me is that Webkey is in that if the aliens come down and you're playing for your life, who is the first prop you select? <laughs> it is Webkey every single time for me. Yeah. And that, I think that that's the thing. I, I and, and, you know, but I, I can also see the case for Sivner Seager, so I wouldn't argue that. And Lazarus, Glenn Lazarus, Glenn Lazarus, I mean, he's the second prop I pick, so. Exactly,
0: exactly. Now, at the moment, they're currently deciding who the hooker would be. Mm-hmm. I think we can probably assume who's going to get the gig there. Yeah, Kurt Gidley. Not bad. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Robbie Farah. So the the nominees for Hooker are Danny Baderis, Damian Cook, somehow. Uh, Okay. Benny Elias. Yeah. Robbie Farah, Jason Hetherington, Josh Hodgson. What? (laughs) Isaac Luke, Cameron Smith, Steve Walters, Craig Wing. And for me that's between Cameron Smith and Steve Walters. The rest uh, uh Danny Bedeiris is probably the only other one that's in, in the race there.
1: I'd have yeah. it between those three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh you know the thing that that hurts Danny Badiris is that he his career crossed over with Cameron Smith and Cameron Smith took over from him. While he was still in his prime. And that was because he he needed that break at rep level. I think we talked about that about four or five Mm. episodes ago. Um, That's the thing that hurts Badiris. Because I think if there had been a break. It would have been a much more difficult choice between him and Smith. But... Because you can sort of line them up so well and say, well, Smith took over, Smith was the evolution of Badiris, therefore he's better. And he's also played 400 first grade games and won all these premierships and stuff.
0: I think Farah also took over from Badiris at state level. I think that hurts Badiris a little bit too, but
1: not too severely. Yeah, I, look, I personally put Badiris on a much higher level than Farah. Oh, likewise, likewise. Yeah. But, but um yeah Cameron,
0: Cameron Smith had Cameron Smith had to retire for someone to come along and the person who came along was not better than Are uh,
1: you who do you Cameron Smith?
0: Yeah. Like he had to retire from rep footy, I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah, and there's a massive hole left and it's like mm-hmm. you know, who's taken that over? I, yeah. I see what you mean there, yeah.
0: Um so I dare say they're gonna go with Cameron Smith there. Um um, well, I, I'd, I'd accept that. I, I wouldn't be opposed if Steve Walters got that gig either because he was
1: unbelievable. Yeah, Steve Walters would be. I think Steve Walters would be better now than he even was back when he played because he played in a little bit of that crossover period between the uh, when rugby league was still getting used to the ten meter rule to a certain extent, I guess, and yeah, um, it, I think he would. I think it'd be amazing now. Yeah. Jeez, it'd be so good. Absolutely. yeah. second row.
0: Gordon Tallis and Steve Menzies. I
1: can I can really see the case for Steve Menzies. It's like you, when you look at his try scoring record and what he achieved as a player. Yeah. Um... I mean, Talis is another one of those players where, man, at his best, he was bloody good.
0: I I find it hard to not have Paul Sirenen in there. Man, I mean, you
1: could go, you could go at their best, Syrinen and uh, Gaia. Oh. I think I'd rather Syrinen and Gaia. Hey. Yeah, I.
0: would I'd take Sironen over Talos. Yeah.
1: Menzies um, is hard to pass up on. That well, That's the thing. It's like, what don't you want? You don't want those hundred and something tries in your team? Or the mm. premierships? Or the longevity? Like, what is it that you don't like? <laughs> and the defence. People forget his defence. Mm really a little bit like uh Andrew Eddinghausen in the the second half of his career
2: mm, he, exactly. Ed,
1: Ed, Eddinghausen was a bit better as a defender in the sec, like it, like he didn't get to that specialist level as a defender, but bloody hell he was a, a much better defender in the second half of his career absolutely um and a lock I, know, I reckon you
0: might argue with this one mm-hmm. Jason Jasonson
1: I just can't, I can't. Who who would you? Bradley Clyde would have to be in there. I'd have Brad Fittler in there. Um, I I would have Fittler there. Um, and I wouldn't
0: argue that to be honest. And I mean, as I've discussed before, I'm I'm opposed to having players who are still playing in these greatest teams of ever lists. Yeah, and only because I want to see players' career finished before I start nominating for stuff like this. But Tom Malolo is phenomenal in everything he does. So the only reason why I wouldn't have him in there is because he hasn't retired, not because he's not good enough. But, you know, Brad Fittler does need to be in his team somewhere. Come on, how is he not one of the 13 greatest players since 1990?
1: Well, uh, and look, if you just go on just their careers since 1990... Brad Fittler's probably... Uh, not probably, top five player. Yeah. Because from 1990 until he retired, he was somebody you had to get through to win a premiership. Didn't matter I mean, where he was, he was playing. He was a test captain, for fuck's sake. Yeah.
0: So I don't give those out to anyone.
1: No. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, that's it there. Now, later on, maybe this weekend, something like that, if we do another episode, which we do plan on doing, we are going to look at another team list, a greatest all-time team, um, which is just... It's almost finished. It's, it's almost completed, so that's going to be quite a bit more debatable.
1: Yeah, and that that one, me and Andrew are actually going to name our best teams of all time. We're going to... Our teams are going to be separate, so Andrew will do his. I'll do mine as well. Um, I think a lot of it will be similar, but I know there are some differences from just – when we haven't sat down and talked about our teams, but just from knowing, like, who you go for and who I go for in different areas, um, you know, I I think there'll be some differences. But, yeah, that's – and we've been waiting to do this episode for a long time because – I know you and me take it very seriously. That we're gonna, you know, set in stone our best teams of all time. We don't take it lightly. We're not, we're not writing these them down. Just heading into that episode, we've been thinking about this shit for like twenty years,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least.
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: So that's something to look forward to, and hopefully that'll be the last time we do. This greatest team thing of all time? Because, I mean, let's be honest, this all came out because of the coronavirus lockdown and whatnot, and journalists couldn't think of any original content, so they just came up with that instead.
1: Yeah, and they shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. we've been sucked into that vortex. I tell you what, though. Like, it, when we name our best teams of all time, and you think of the players, and you don't don't say any of them, but, like, the players that would be in that best team of all time, holy crap, it would take someone good to come along. To, for a, one of us to say, you know what, you know, we talked about the best team of all time. I got to change it. Like yeah. I got to add someone, and that would be like a that'd be like a fifteen year down the track, someone just come out of nowhere and did some ridiculous stuff.
0: Exactly. Um, I think one player who we've mentioned tonight will be forcing me to do that with my with that team for me. Yeah, but we won't get into that
1: um Have we had any emails that are short enough to read out? On we site? have actually. PK oh, yeah. actually got in touch and and said, "Man, I, I know I've been sending massive emails. I just got carried away." So, and he actually said he doesn't mind if uh we put them up on the website. So, I'll put them up on the website coming up. But uh let's have a look what we got here. Okay, here we go. PK. He says, "Hey guys, yeah, I understand. I got carried away with the lengths of the emails." Just starting, writing, and couldn't stop. Felt these concepts were important to mention. Not expecting you to read them out. Just thought you could use as topics for discussion on the pod as I think they have the ability to really grow the game, particularly the centralization of games at New Stadium in Sydney and the positives of relocation for clubs like the Sharks. Ooh, how about that, Sharkies fans? Mm-hmm. Um, I got to admit, I'm worried about Volandi's. I'll grant him getting NRL back on May 28th fair accomplishment, but I think his vision for the future of the game is backwards and only serves to hinder its growth. His push for upgrades to suburban grounds like Leichhardt Oval recently and negotiating in the current climate a new broadcast deal where he is peddling a reduced long-term rate and he says, "Please read Roy Masters' piece. Love to hear your thoughts on this article." By the end, it basically outlines why Greenberg was ousted. Fuck nine. Um, for me, are worrying signs. It is quite amazing to see how he has put the mainstream media in a trance. I just can't work out if he is fighting for the game and putting the NRL first, or if he is just a lap jog, a lap dog for the mainstream media, and is seeing how, and seeing how he got rid of Greenberg. I'm worrying the latter is correct. Love to hear your thoughts. What do you think about that? Ah, good email. Um,
0: the trance thing's interesting. I reckon there's a there's a, a bi-trance thing going on there where uh, Landis is in a bit of a trance as well because the media give him so much praise all the time. Yeah. They're, they're all just zombies at the moment, giving each other love. It's all get the... weird. You get the
1: feeling that Peter Valendi's circle of uh, people that he talks to about where the game should be is about five people strong. Yeah, they were right for the Daily Telegraph. Yeah. Yeah. It is a worry. <laughs> they actually renegotiated that TV deal. Um, Foxtel has signed on through 2027. Mm-hmm. There's, that's the only details I've heard, which is really worrying. Mm-hmm. Um. And channel nine has signed on to the end of twenty twenty two or three i think i I'm think right. it was twenty i thought it was twenty twenty two okay they then went to the uh stock exchange and let their shareholders know that they expect to be saving i think it was twenty about around twenty million maybe twenty three million per year for the last two years of that deal so you know I'm really worried that we're not getting figures on these deals. It's the first time we haven't got figures on TV deals, and it's it's very hard to um, talk about those deals. Once we get those figures, I'm willing to go deep into those figures and talk about them. We'll talk about the uh, how much the game is you know, gaining or losing on a year-by-year basis. Uh, I, I just can't believe you'd renegotiate in the middle of the biggest economic downturn in over a century. Sounds crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, um, we have had a review.
1: Hey, we've got some more emails yet.
0: All right. Well, I'll do the review and we'll go okay. through another, another few minutes. Okay. Um, Andy M73 says, prolific podcast, five stars. Quality over quantity, they say. Well, these two give you both. Frequent podcasts and great analytic content, not just parroting what the rest of the rugby league media are saying.
1: Even when they go off the rails towards the end of an episode, it is still amusing. Well, that's very nice to hear. Thank you, Andy. And Andy is a Patreon of mine. I think he's a Patreon of yours too, isn't he? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do I do have to wonder, we don't go off the rails. When have we ever gone off the rails? Uh, I I can't ever remember going off the rails. I don't <laughs> even know what he's talking about. No. Nah.
0: We're doing yeah. just rugby league content from start to finish. Yeah nothing else never mentioned anything else other than rugby league so i don't know he's on about there
1: (laughs) Uh, you know one of the things though it's like i know you and me are proud of the fact that we don't just gobble up the mainstream media line um and we sort of you know we'll stand back and have a think about it ourselves we don't necessarily just go against the mainstream uh either like if there's something that they're talking about that's fair enough we'll be like yeah this seems like they're on the right track here problem is they're not a lot of the time yeah um but yeah it's it's nice that you know sometimes you see people that write about the game and stuff like that and they're just kind of right they're singing from the same hymn sheet and Mm -hmm. and when I think that when you see people that don't think those ways, it's always refreshing. So, And it's always stood out to me when people can look at things from a different perspective.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So thanks for your comment there, Andy.
1: Yeah, thank you, Andy. That was a really nice um, rating and a, a review. Um, it's just a shame more of our listeners don't do that. Hey, Andrew. Exactly. Exactly. Come on, People. <laughs> Okay, so we've got a uh oh we got an email here mm. from Ronnie Bollerman. And he says, G'day Fergo and the Transcendent League Freak. Just thought I'd drop a quick note to say hi and thanks. I was introduced to your podcast by my good mate Rochi a few months ago. Good on you, oh, Rochi. Thank you, Rochi, champion. Checks in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> Good bloke, Roachie. We go way back. Yeah. I'm a mad Bulldogs and Rugby League supporter. Thanks for your podcast that gives me something interesting to listen to in the car while driving to and from work instead of the dribble on radio these days. He retired, so it's all right. Um, I'm talking about Alan Jones. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm glad he retired from coaching
0: many years ago. Just wish he had retired in 1990
1: good luck queen we're gonna miss (laughs) you love the content and variety you bring the piece on duncan thompson was outstanding keep up the great work looking forward to every new episode best wishes ronnie bollerman from brisbane and he said ps yeah you can use my name if you wish and that's so that's why we used his name oh
0: I'm not surprised you like the Dunkin' Tops. i have been a Queenslander.
1: Yeah, I, I guess that, that makes sense. Hey.
0: I may sit there and rip on Queensland every now and then, but I I don't let my uh, my state bias, view, um, you know, dictate my views on players from up in Queensland.
1: Yeah, I, I've never done that. Um, but then again, yeah. I've never said anything bad about Queenslanders either. I mean, fuck. You know. Queens,
0: you know, it could be worse than Queensland. They could have Tamworth as well. Anyway. Uh, um are there any other uh any other emails?
1: I thought there was and I can't find it. Nah. I'm I'm sure there was. We did the we did the uh Greg Inglis one, yeah. I'm still uh, waiting
0: on, on you to get a spam email that we can read out on air.
1: Oh I got one, uh let me see. Where's the spam? I get them I get them quite often. It, I tell you what, LinkedIn mm-hmm. sends me so many fucking emails a day. Like <sighs> congratulate so-and-so for being in their job for five years see if no. i give a fuck
0: <laughs> no we're not congratulating people for doing their job <laughs>
1: exactly that's uh, what yeah. you get paid for exactly i agree i'm trying to find it man i feel like i'm gonna miss out oh man i hope if somebody sent hang on, is this <laughs> hang on oh that's somebody telling me that they're gonna yeah, they want to do some SEO shit. Oh, yes. Yeah, f- fuck them. How much are they going to give us for it? Oh, they want me to pay them to do my SEO.
0: No, no, you tell them this is how we do SEO here. Yeah. Is you pay us this amount of money. Yeah. And let's No, we're we're a pro- we've got a prolific social presence.
2: Yeah.
0: We are social media influencers. 100%. Two two of them, in fact with several media platforms. So I think ballpark figure, if they give us, say, $50,000 US dollars each, we will consider their SEO um, requests. Not do any of it just, yeah, it, just just consider it. Consider it, yeah. That, that's our ballpark figure to start the consultation. You have to pay that up front. And yeah. once that's paid, we'll then consider it. And if we approve it, then there'll be additional payments required. Yeah. Then we'll get our people to talk to their people. Exactly. Yeah. Um in the end we should be able to waste enough time and take enough money out of you so that your company goes broke and you don't need our work and we don't have to do anything. It's called the Ben Elias method.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck me dead. We might have to get that fifty grand for lawyers. Um <laughs> so, so yeah, that's look, if somebody sent me an email and I haven't read it out. I just send it again because I swear to God there was an email there somewhere and I can't find it. Um Say so, and I apologize if I've done that because I get a lot, I do, I get a lot of spam emails these you, days. You know what, what would address that issue? Yeah. Is if we
0: just give people your
1: your house address and
0: they Fuck write your letters dick. to you. <laughs>
1: God, you dick. Um so, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's number 17. <laughs> I leave it 17. I. Uh, Royce Simmons Street. Royce Simmons Street. Oh, Hang on a second. Let's do that. There's not a Royce Simmons Street, is there? Let's look this up. There should, should be. be. This should, should, well, exact... should be the
0: main drive past the Penrith train station. It should be Royce okay. Simmons Street. Royce
1: Simmons Street. <laughs> no, there's not.
0: Is there a Simmons Street?
1: There's got to be a Simmons Street. What about,
0: uh, what about what about
1: Mark Gaia Place? Goya <laughs> Grove. Gaia Grove. What about what about uh uh Brandy Alexander um Crescent? <laughs> There's not a Brandy Alexander Crescent. What about... Uh, that would be Alexander Avenue. Robbie Beckett Way. <laughs> There's not a Robbie Beckett Way. Okay. Uh, okay. Scott Pethybridge. Close. close. Bridge close. There's not a Scott Pethy. This is fucking outrageous. What's going on here?
0: Mate, we need to have serious words at the Penrith Council.
1: Exactly. Is there... Vandervoort View? Colin Vandervoort Bentley Boulevard? Avenue. There's not a Colin Vandervoort Avenue? God, these people are missing out. Yeah, this is silly. Oh.
0: This is... <laughs> if you're a proper developer and you've just bought up a big block of land you know, there's not much of it left in, in Western Sydney, but if you've got some out there near Penrith here's an idea, name all of the streets after Panthers 90s
1: players there's not a steve carter lane what the hell is going on carter crescent come on yeah what about uh Izzard place what about craig gower ballpark no,
0: there's you'd...
2: not even the craig gower
0: ballpark surely you'd, you'd name the local hotel after craig gower or the uh Gower Golf Course. The Irish pub. <laughs> name name the golf course after him.
1: <laughs> that would be good. That yeah. would be good, yeah. That you
0: that could,
1: that's a story get, that goes missing a little bit, hey.
0: It is. You can go to the um all hands
1: bar. <laughs> oh, stop it now. Stop it now. <laughs> oh I thought I was the one that was gonna get us in trouble, and it's gonna be fucking you. Yeah. Come on now um (laughs) it's late i've been working five days yes it it happens my
0: my guard's been dropped a bit yeah i apologize people
1: for dropping the standard (laughs) so uh uh okay so (laughs) so i've just gone to channel nine's Brag, which is Sydney Morning Herald these days, mm-hmm. and uh, the CEO of Channel Nine is doing an interview with one of his employees. Oh, so this would be in yeah, that'll be good. And the, the headline is: there was this superior attitude. Nine boss lifts lid on NRL negotiations.
0: Yeah, which He'll pretty much say, I did it my way. Um, I got what I wanted. Yeah, and. Oh, the
1: NRL, yeah, yeah, and we were right and they were wrong, yeah. And I can't wait until uh, channel 7 or 10 is showing the NRL in 2024. Um, so yeah, we talked about Bronson Sherry, uh, still waiting on his B sample, yeah. Come on, man, come on the uh, NRL keeps Origin Grand Final exclusivity up their sleeve for next TV deal. That's interesting. Um, it'd be nice if somebody could finalize the fucking television deal like what's in it, seen as it's been signed off on on a lot of different areas. So as soon as that happens, we'll talk about it. But mm. yeah, not being too much other news, really. Uh Peter Fitzsimons is still rambling on like he's got a UTI. Um I'll tell you something about Latrell Mitchell from this game, right? This oh, last what game. what did he do wrong? Look, he didn't have a good game, didn't make a lot of meters. He had some flashes, but it wasn't it wasn't a great game again. It reminded me a lot of when um and people were like, Oh, Wayne Bennett he needs to move him, you know. Reminded me a lot of when uh, Darren Lockie moved from fullback to 5'8". Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, this, is it. this experiment's not working. Three games in, let's change it. This is never going to work. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine.
0: Yeah, he's, be fine. yeah he's, a, he's a good athlete. He's come to the club very late. Um, it hasn't been the easiest of seasons for, you know, coming to a club late and trying out a new position on a full-time basis. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I'm willing to give him a break, but I just, I just knew that if he came out and had anything less than a 10 out of 10 game, everyone would be saying, "Oh, fucking Latrell! If he had been playing, doing practice in his footy, and blah 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 blah, instead of going out shooting and blah 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 blah, you know, all that fucking wank that James Hooper would be going on with, that's what would happen, and it I'm expecting it this week." Yeah. Oh, the reason why is not playing well is because he did this, he did that, and he's
1: bad and he's bad and blah blah blah. And, you know, fucking give it a break, please. Exactly. There were look, there are a couple of things I really liked about what I saw. There was a, a defensive set where he uh he he stopped a try from being scored, uh and he he'd held off. It was something that he could have gone all in and probably given up the try. He held off, I think it was Kierie made a break. Shut yeah, Kiri down. Yeah, and, and then he ended up being on the outside the been, field.
0: I think it's, there was another one there who was being turned inside and out. Yeah, yeah. He ended up making a smart decision right at the very end through all of that, which allowed him to affect the tackle and stop a try from being scored on that play. Um, yeah. Defensively, I think he's been pretty good defensively, but there were, there's were there been one or two plays this year um, where his hands have let him down. Yep. And his attack has been a little bit sloppy. But defensively, I think he's been reasonably good.
1: Yeah, and I think that there there was a drop ball he had early on in that game. And it made me think about, like, because he, I mean, he's a, a wonderful athlete, he's a fantastic player. But as a centre and, and an outside back in general, there is a mindset of, like, I get switched on when the ball comes my way. Mm. And the thing about being a fullback is you've got to be switched on for the whole game and I think that's a cha- that's going to be a change for him that's going to be a big change for him um I, I there was something about him in this game I just I liked the way he was moving um I don't know if he had been able to shake a bit of an injury or something or if he'd worked on his cardio or if he dropped they said in the in the broadcast that he was the same weight he was when the lockdown happened which I think was 105 kilos. But he just seemed lighter on his feet to me. I don't know what it was. And that there was also a little short ball that he put on. I think it, that South scored off of it too. There's things I've seen that I really like, and I, I, it's definitely worth persevering with him because if he hooks it up, and he obviously wants to play fullback, when all of this comes together, he's going to be sensational at fullback.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, someone else who was a bit criticised, yeah. probably because they thought that it was going to take him too long to get back into the run of things. Yeah. And we both said, no, he'll be fine after a few games. And that was Valentine Holmes. Yeah. Um, he looked pretty good uh, from what I saw today as well.
1: Yeah, he did. I, he, he looked better than he did in his first two games. He looked very comfortable. I, I think he's back to where he should be. He, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, from what I saw of him today, I, I, it like the the hangover from the change of from an NFL player getting back into the swing of things. I'm not going to mention that again because it's done. He, he's yeah. a rugby league player again. Uh, he looked really pretty good. Um, anything that he does from now on is just an improvement as a rugby league player. Um, and yeah, way way better than his first two games. Actually, I was I was pretty impressed. Yeah, no, he's, he's looking. He's he's set. He's fine. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we said we we're going to do a quick episode. We lied again.
1: What are we? Are we done an hour again? Yeah. Excellent. Easy.
0: Hey, can there I just
1: are. ask you one more question? Sure, mate. What's your credit card number? No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the crowd noise? The fake crowd noise.
0: I I don't mind the concept. Mm-hmm. Um. The other thing is, I was watching... I think it was the Cowboys-Titans um, game. Yeah. And it was just a standard set of six where the, the Cowboys were bringing the ball off their own line. And I thought, I'm going to listen to the crowd noise just for this set to see if there's anything odd about it. And there's just these, like, waves. of sounds like excitement, then a bit of a lull, then excitement, a bit of a lull. Obviously, it sounds like it's on a loop. Yeah. But the exciting bit comes. Like, just as the players on the ground trying to play the ball, you're going, there's nothing to be excited about there. <laughs> and so sometimes it doesn't quite match the action. And obviously, you're going to get that because you're trying to replicate a crowd. Yeah. And you're not going to have someone sitting there trying to <laughs> trying to mould crowd sound around what's actually going on with the footy for the entire 80 minutes. Um, but I don't mind it. Same time. I also don't mind if it's silent and you get to hear all the, the hits and the players talking and stuff like that. Yeah. I think I think the big reason for why broadcasters wanted that, you know, atmosphere sound there is it helps to block out a lot of the swearing that goes on on the field. I think that's the majority of the reason why they do it more than anything.
1: Yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me at all, actually.
0: Um, and if that's the case, then that's fine. Because, you know, a lot of kids watch it. If, if that helps yeah. to get rid of that
1: that aspect of the game, then I'm fine with that. Yeah, because some cunts don't like swearing. Um, yeah. I, on the, Friday, on the Thursday night game, sorry, I just, for some reason, I didn't have my TV up that loud. So I heard it a little bit, and it sounded like, um, it reminded me of when, like, it's just raining just a little bit and you sort of go, what's the noise? Oh, it's, I think it's raining outside. It's sort of like that. And whereas in tonight's two games, and I was watching those two games on, on KO, um, it was very noticeable and it just seemed a bit dumb to me, a little bit stupid. Uh, I don't know how they do it. I, I As like you, I can't imagine it's someone with a little stick that's turning it up and down Um But, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed a bit silly to me. But it wasn't the worst thing in the world. But, yeah, I found it a bit, I don't know, ridiculous. (laughs) Hey, hey, did you see those uh, fake fans in the stand, though? Yeah, you can buy a cardboard cutout of yourself to go in the stand. Now, the other night we were looking at that, and I was going to get my League Freak logo. I've got a League Freak logo that's set up, and it's you see it in some of the um, logos that we put out there. There's a picture of basically a, a cartoonized picture of Andrew and then my logo and we're both wearing like a hoodie. And uh, so I was going to upload that, but I wanted to see it first and it wouldn't show me what it would look like first. And then it wanted like all your personal details. It's like at that point I'm out, you know, I did see someone on my Facebook
0: today said that they, they a picture of themselves holding their like, eight-month-old baby. Yeah. And they put it on there, and it looked like a pretty decent picture because their heads were pretty close. Yeah. But when they saw the cardboard cutout, um, the father's head's there, but they've cut off the child's head, (laughs) but they left (laughs) the child's body there. Oh, jeez.
1: Oh, that's savage. You know what someone did? This is the best one. This is the best one. You know that politician in England that got in trouble for driving all the way up north to his family and that? Oh yeah, yeah. Someone, someone paid to have him sitting in the stinging. <laughs> <laughs> which is fucking brilliant. Oh shit! Uh, you know a, what? If yeah. if
0: anyone wants to have a bit of fun around with this, yeah, or if a lot of people want to, you yeah. know, what would be the funniest thing ever? What? You get like Bankwest Stadium, and every single cardboard cardboard cutout is Kim Jong Un.
1: Well, they they <laughs> they go through. And they yes. can reject them 'cause people oh. were, yeah, 'cause people were putting him in there, um people were putting the um that pirate that has the u t i they were putting him in there, um, and they they had to come out and say, "No, nah, we don't just put anything on, we sort of we vet them, we vet them, so, but somebody did have their dog, it was uh it was a journalist it. yeah uh he he put his dog in there, some of them... <laughs> There was one of Ruan Sims, and then someone did a post on Twitter saying, "Oh look, Ruan's there judging the Dally M's again," <laughs> which is fucking gold. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, there was some there was some funny things to come out of it. But I noticed too because during the game, uh, and it was the the South versus Roosters game. When I first saw these cardboard cutouts, they on the non-broadcast side of the, you know, the, where you don't see the cameras. So I thought they'd put all of these poor bastards on the side of the field that you wouldn't see the cameras. But I think they put them both sides of the field. So, oh. yeah. And it's it's like, I think it costs 22 bucks, and you get your bit of cardboard back. So it's not the worst thing in the world. It's, it's, it's pretty reasonably priced. Um, so, yeah.
0: Oh, it's a very unique
1: idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah, I, I don't mind it either. It's uh, it's a little bit of fun. I like when people remember. Oh, yeah, rugby league is supposed to be fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'd be inclined to probably get one of the uh, the good doctor with his with his watches on.
1: Why don't you do one, right? And have like it's just you, but you've got both of your wrists. Like, underneath you, and you've got your five watches. Because I know you've been sporting your five watches lately. I just look old gangster. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Old white boy gangster, that's me.
1: You know, what if you did one, right? With all your watches, right? Put on, like, a pair of glasses, and then a hat that's backwards. That would be fucking hilarious.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, you should do it.
0: Be like a, a bad a bad middle age mixture between early John Cena from the WWE and yeah. <laughs> um, Vanilla Ice. Yeah. That
1: would be, oh, thank God, that would be so funny. I
0: need a, I need a length of chain to put around my neck to look hardcore as fuck.
1: Yeah, you, you get just get like a. Have you got something padlocked outside? Just use that. Just get a padlock and the
2: chain.
0: It's even better. The only padlock I've got is like these really tiny ones for the luggage, so I could just put that
1: on there. Oh,
2: that's even better. That's even better.
1: Look, I will go Harvey's with you. I will put the money in your PayPal account right fucking now if you do this. <laughs> we'll have to try and figure out how to do it. Well, yeah, we'll. I tell you what, we'll sort it out on Sunday. All right. All right. Ah, oh, that's fucking brilliant! <laughs> oh shit!
0: It better get some fucking airtime.
1: It better, like, it'd oh, be so funny. You know what we'll do? We, if we get it all sorted out, and we'll we will make a fucking note of it, and we'll say, listen, we'll tweet whoever it is we need to tweet. We'll say, put the fucking Andrew Ferguson one somewhere it can be seen. God damn it!
0: Exactly.
1: We'll make it happen. We're influencers.
0: And if, if people, if, if sponsors want to get on board and have their name on, on my shirt on that one there, we can do that. Well, yeah. Maybe they could pay for it. We could just have a porto across the front of it.
1: That would be good. Damn it, I wish I, Ah, oh, it's too quick. I'd send you a, a League Freak T-shirt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll have a hat with with the podcast on it. I'll have my shirt with Rugby League Project on it. Yeah. Have you got a Rugby League Project shirt? I do, and I bought it when I was much, much bigger than I am now, and when I put it on the other day, yeah, um, I think we could both fit in it. Oh, really? It's massive. Wow. So I'm going to have to get back onto uh, the Mare Inc. website where you can buy a whole heap of Rugby League Project merchandise. I'm going to have to go back on there and buy a new one.
1: Have we got that link on the podcast descriptions? I don't think so. What what we'll do, right – We'll put the link in the, the podcast description for this one. And anyone that wants a Rugby League Project T-shirt, buy one Because they're pretty good. Yeah, I, I designed them myself. There's just
0: some basic um, like polo shirts. Yep. And there's also um, a bunch of T-shirts with random pictures on them. So, one's of the... I, th- I think there's a Queensland one, which is an old picture of Lang Park. And... There's another one, which is a New South Wales one, which has got an old picture of the SCG on there. Um, there's also another one, which is for the ladies. And it's a it's taken from a game over in the UK back in the 50s, I think. And there's a brawl going on in the ground. And a woman has come onto the field, and she's bashing one of the players with a handbag.
2: That's yeah. a
0: pretty pretty fantastic shirt. So, yeah, I'm that so, so I've, got to, I've got to buy a new one of those. You can also get a key ring. Um, you get a bumper sticker free with every shirt you purchase. Oh, nice. So, they support RLP.
1: Yeah. And you right. know another way that people can support RLP? Do tell. If, if they go to patreon.com forward slash RLproject, they can contribute to the Patreon that contributes to the digitisation of rugby league history online, statistics, everything. It is a fantastic Patreon to be part of. So many exclusive things that are on there. It's fantastic to see. And, uh, yeah, I would, I would tell anyone, get on there, support Andrew and the digitization of rugby league history because it's something that really does help the game and it's used as a resource by everybody. That is online that looks at anything to do with rugby league, including Wikipedia uh official rugby league websites, they all use rugby league projects, so it's it's a very important resource that we all need support and it's
0: almost forty percent complete
1: yeah it it'll be it'll be finished by the end of this year
0: and then <laughs> another
1: eighty years from now,
0: yeah yeah at <laughs> least. <laughs> I'm going to be kept on life support machines
1: until I'm about 250, just to make sure this thing gets finished. You're going to be a brain in a jar with eyeballs. That's me, blinkingly looking out over an Excel sheet. Yep. I'll just still get... be punching figures into an Excel. Probably they'll probably yep. have electrodes in your head, and it'll just be coming up on the screen. You know.
0: Yes, that that's exactly what it would be. And I'll still be swearing about digitising records from 1942 <laughs> or something. Um, and look, another great thing you can do in this time of absolutely garbage mainstream media is support independent media outlets like League Freak. And you can do that on, rugby, on Patreon as well. Go to patreon.com slash League Freak. And he's got some tiers on there where, you know, the more you pay, the more you get in return. So get over there and give him the maximum amount. And you can see if he's got things... That, got in there i think if you pay 10 bucks a month you get like dick pics and stuff so Jesus like that. Christ.
2: <laughs> That's a bit...
0: come on people have been thinking all along that when we talked about your thor hammer they thought you were talking about an actual thor hammer we're talking about the size of his meat
1: well you know <laughs> nadine's paying 10 bucks a month and uh she's seen my hammer the other day just saying yeah yeah I mean, but, she's
0: still and she's still paying ten bucks a month too. So it's not like she's
1: when she's she saw not, my when she saw my hammer, she was like, "Is there a way I can pay twenty bucks a month?" <laughs> I mean,
0: she's like impressed. Does not does not
1: explain it. Lost for words. She was amazed by it. Um, I, I'm I'm thinking of ways that I can do things for my Patreon members. And, I just gave you one. Well. <laughs> apart from giving them something to fap over, you know what I mean? <laughs> Cause yes. I mean, fapping is only like 39% of what we do in life or at least I do. Um, and so I'm looking at ways that I can just do little things here and there. Um, and you know, it'll, it, it's not even really going to be based on the tears that you go through. It'll just be, you know, what I can do. I, and I, I'm trying to work out the best way to do it. But, any of the money that goes towards uh, my Patreon, it goes straight to um, website costs, which, uh, like with the US dollar, the way it is right now, really sucks at the moment. Especially um, with the amount of uh, websites that yeah. you own. Well, you like a website baron. I really am. Um, I, I, just, I would just wish I had the money of a baron. <laughs> so I've got leakfreak.com, which is the big one, obviously um that's what she said and then rugby uh rugby league podcasting network.com which is it doesn't take up as much space or get anywhere near as much uh traffic obviously but it, it is there and then i've got uh nrl breaking com as well and let's so, be honest
0: the rugby podcasting website is one you should bookmark because you can go there and get all of your favorite rugby league podcasts all in one spot
1: yeah and that's I mean there's lots of really good ones from
0: all yeah. over the world and you you're supporting like nothing but prominent independent podcasts on rugby league no mainstream stuff there it's all all independent which is also
1: fantastic yeah there's no mainstream ones at all and they're all quality ones you know mm. I, I haven't put shit ones on there um i i want to i will be expanding that website a little bit so there'll be you know little bits and pieces that will hopefully um you know the the one thing you and me have always said about our podcast is like we're not everyone's part of the same listener group, and we have never felt like there should be gates up around podcasts it we should all just be sharing our our followers around and we've had so many people talk to us and say, oh, "I heard about your podcast on this podcast and and so like. That's something we're very big on is, you know, just have a listen to all of them. See what yeah. ones you like best. See what ones you, are not for you, but always keep listening to new ones, seeing and, and finding what you like, because we're all part of the same thing. And we all the more listeners we all get, the more listeners we all get. It's a good thing. Yeah. was it a rising tide lifts all boats or something like that? Ah, some bullshit like that. <laughs> Someone told it to me I, once. I, I, I forgot it because I thought I'll never use this ever in my life. Fucking going on boats, you're more likely to get coronavirus than lifted anyway. Well, yeah, um, with the with the global warming going on, we're all going to be rising at some stage, aren't we? Yeah, that's true. It'll be like yeah. water world, We'll all be drinking our own piss. <laughs> um, thank God. We don't oh, go off oh, track. No. <laughs> um, uh, just want to oh. tell listeners, in last uh week... We had our biggest week ever. Um, earlier this week, we had our biggest day ever. And we are most likely, by the end of this month, going to have our biggest month ever this month too. So thank you to everybody that is part of this because it's we're all part of this, you know, and um, we're just, we can't believe, it just keeps going up and up and up. And um, that's what she said. <laughs> I just I just need
0: to let that hang there. That's what she said. That's what she um, said. Yeah, the the support's been fantastic. It really is. Um, and if there's anything you want us to talk about in an episode, just drop us an email. Um, you know, we're happy to discuss anything, as we've proven many times before. Um, got a few more. We've got we've got. Uh, I know I've got at least one interview guest lined up. I've got to organise to get on, which is going to be a good chat. We talked about that one for a while, so I've got to pull my finger and get around to that.
1: I'm gonna get Katie on soon. I'm gonna get her back. She'll have something to say. Sounds good, she's always got something to say. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um yeah, so that's that's pretty much wrap that up. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, people. If you want to uh follow us, we're on Twitter and Instagram at FergoFreakPod. Freak Pod. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on LinkedIn. Um, we'll try and find other social media places to go on as well. we'll let's just get on everything. except Teeter.
1: Except Grindr. Yeah, well, let's give that one a pass.
2: Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> as I said, never again. And I, um...
0: <laughs> Everything's Fuck worth that. trying once.
1: Except that. <laughs> <It's> uh, <embarrassing. laughs>
0: The fuck is wrong with that? Um, We never go off track.
1: No, never Never, ever. Never off rails. Never off rails. (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) we're going so well too. Just a quick episode, you said. Yeah, we'll just knock out a quick one.
0: I'm tired, he said. Let's just do a quick episode. All right, let's do that. I've only got
1: one thing to talk about. Here we are. I, I got. I got to be up at midday. I will be... Uh, That's okay.
0: If we keep talking like this for another eight hours, it'll be midday.
1: You're yeah. got to do some friggin' online radio at midday, hey? I'm barely functioning at midday. I am I sort of come into my own around 4, 4 p.m.
0: I'm so going to send you lots of really bad ideas to try and steer you down a garden <laughs> path again. Fuck
1: you, man. I, kn-
0: I know you look at it going, oh, fuck, I want to do
1: that. I'm going to tempt you. <laughs> I can't. I try and be good when I'm. Well, I do be good when I'm doing radio because I'm a professional. I just don't get paid like it. And uh, yeah, it's really weird. I can switch it on and off.
0: There you go. That's what the pros do.
1: They really do.
0: And on that uh, revelation, we'll uh, we'll wind this one up. Thanks for tuning, in, everyone. We will catch you again next time.